Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. Our first reading for today comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Kept in heaven for you who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Our Gospel reading for today comes from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the... <clears throat> and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I began mapping out where I was going to go this Easter season and trying to plan felt like some large task that required a crystal ball. I don't know what is going to happen in the coming weeks. Will all of my messages in the Sundays after Easter be recorded like this? Is that going to change what I would say? Of course it would. It is hard to ignore the giant thing that is happening around us. Kids are doing schoolwork from home. Businesses are closed. I'm wearing a mask when I leave the house. I'm standing here in an empty church building. 
And then I was reading today's gospel reading about a group of people huddled behind locked doors for safety. Not sure of what happened next. They were taking things one day at a time. I realized that this is all we can do right now, and so our current series is Day by Day. And today we look at something that shapes every single view that we have, if we admit it or not. Personal experience. Poor Thomas gets picked on a lot because of today's reading, but I don't think it's fair. And I can explain. I can relate to Thomas because it can be really hard to believe something that you haven't experienced. For a good example, see everyone else who was hiding out. What do I mean? Let's step back for just a little and look at what's actually going on in the reading for today. In John's Gospel, Simon Peter and the other disciple set out when Mary Magdalene tells them the tomb is empty. They go, they look, but they don't understand. Mary sees Jesus. Now here's something interesting. Mary sees Jesus and believes just from him saying her name. She runs off and tells the others, Jesus has risen! That was in the morning. We pick up today in the evening. The doors are locked in fear. Jesus comes and stands among them even though the doors are locked. He tells them, peace be with you. And you'd think that would begin the rejoicing. However, we aren't told of any rejoicing until he shows them his hands and his side. Not until then even though Mary had told them. Even though he appeared among them when he shouldn't have been able. No, they needed to experience the proof. And this brings us to Thomas. Thomas is the one who wasn't there. Thomas says he won't believe Thomas gets accused of being a doubter. But this really is not fair. Because Thomas is basically in the same boat as the rest of them were up until Jesus showed up. He too wants to experience Christ risen. He wants to see the mark of the nails. He wants to touch his side. Because for him it won't be real until he experiences it. He simply wants the same proof that was given to everyone else. So far, the only person who believed with nothing but a word was Mary. And here we come to an interesting thing that is still a problem today. It is hard to believe in other people's experiences in the same way we believe our own. Experiences are a double-edged sword. In some cases, it gives us incredible faith. As shown in our reading from Peter, that even in times of trouble, 
we have cause to rejoice in our Savior. That Christ is with us in our trials. And to Peter, they become a means to show the genuineness of faith. He encourages to love without seeing and to believe without seeing. However, we also know that experience can hamper us. It was Peter, after all, who also had the experience of denying Christ three times. His experiences caused him to say that he wasn't a follower of Jesus because he was worried about the consequences. We ran into the same kinds of problems the disciples ran into in that locked room. They weren't sure what to believe, so they stuck to what they knew. They didn't believe Mary and sit already rejoicing. They waited for proof. This is a common thing. I see it all over the place right now. It is easy to question and doubt if the current measures we are taking are necessary. Why? Because if we haven't experienced the cause of it all, we are ready to doubt the need. I see it in all sorts of other situations. Sometimes people doubt if racism is still the big problem because they have never been on the receiving end of racism. Sometimes it is people doubting the need for a strong social safety net to take care of those in need. That they have always had the ability to get work and cannot understand someone who struggles. I have personally seen it with mental illness that people will doubt my experiences simply because they have not lived them and therefore struggle to understand. This is not everyone, of course, but I've seen it enough to know that the way Thomas responds is not rare or especially doubtful. Thomas is the norm. I mean, if we look at the way dialogue often appears today, Thomas is actually pretty level-headed. To paraphrase a few of the discussions I have been a part of, Thomas might have been told, Thomas might have told the others that they were liars and that the resurrection was a hoax. That they were just trying to pull one over on him. They might have been, they might have called Mary hysterical and just completely dismissed her witness as fake news. The more things change, the more they stay the same, it seems. Just as Thomas couldn't believe until he had a chance to experience Christ resurrected, many today cannot believe the experiences of others unless they live them. This hurts our ability to bear witness and it hurts our ability to help. There are many things that we personally may never experience, but we should be able to believe in the experience of others. Personal experience is something, well, personal. By its very nature, it will be unique to every individual. I know this is true. If I ask each of you how you have experienced Christ, I would get a unique answer from each and every person. And they would all be true for their experience. And we will all experience both the world and God differently. You might have been born and raised in the church. Maybe you had trauma shape your faith. However your faith was shaped, it is your own unique experience. And I don't think 
that is being downplayed in today's scripture. Sure, Thomas needed to experience it. He really isn't chided for it. But each of the disciples is given a concept that they must understand if they are going to be able to bear witness to Christ. They need to be able to help others believe without seeing. And we hear that in the letter from Peter. He encourages them in their personal experience that though they haven't seen, they believe. This does bring us to an interesting question. And something that can help us in both the day-to-day adjustment to what is happening now and how we approach our faith and the faith of others. Why did they believe? Why do you believe? Why should others believe? These are important questions, and they go to the heart of faith and trust. John's Gospel today ends the declaration that this was not everything that Jesus did, but that what was written was written so that you would know and would believe. That there were many other things, but this should be enough for faith and trust. You'll notice I'm yoking those two terms together, faith and trust. There is a reason. Trust and faith go hand in hand. The Gospel account includes all sorts of things that are not flattering for the disciples. This episode with Thomas and the rest not seeming to believe until they had seen is just one example. Now, one might think they would have left those things out. But there's something to be said for the trust you build when you tell a full story. Our own experience tells us that people mess up and make mistakes. When we give the whole story, we build trust for our honest expression. That trust helps to strengthen faith. We may not have seen, but we trust in the gospel account, and our faith is strengthened for it. When we give our own account, we speak not only of our successes, but our failures. We do so because we know that an honest picture builds trust and builds faith. Faith in each other, and in turn, faith in God. Why? Have you ever spoken with someone who makes it sound like everything is going just great, even if it isn't? Someone who leaves out any negative details because it makes them sound a little less fantastic. It doesn't instill faith. It instills doubt. The question becomes, what aren't they telling me? And that becomes the focus. The same thing happens when we share our faith. When we encourage others to share faith. If all we do is give easy platitudes and never talk about the struggle, we don't sound real. We don't sound authentic. We simply sound like we are selling something. Now this is true in almost every aspect of life, but especially true in matters of faith in God, because an inauthentic witness gives others the image of an inauthentic Christ. So when we pull all these things together, we need to both respect the experiences of others while also authentically sharing our own. This creates dialogue, something Jesus was always seeking. Dialogue raises questions. Questions cause us to seek the truth. And in that search, we look for authentic voices that we can trust. 
We put our faith in those voices. This is true of our spiritual journey and how we process data in general. We are in an unprecedented unprecedented moment in our modern history. Just as the disciples were experiencing an unprecedented moment in history. We need to make sure that the witness we share is authentic. That it is witness to our faith. That it instills trust. Because right now, we need to be able to trust both, both each other and those trying to lead through these troubled times. One might think that the statement, listen to those doctors, pay attention to these experts, isn't really a faith statement. But it is. I don't understand everything that the experts understand. That isn't my experience. But I put my trust in those who spend their lives figuring those things out. Because I trust that God will give us the authentic voices we need to get us through. I trust that God has blessed someone with knowledge that I don't personally have. I trust that others can be a voice of reason when I'm not sure. I trust God to help me through and in that trust and in that I trust the experts. When I'm not sure, I pray for clarity and guidance. I pray that God will help me to look past the blustering voices of those who simply want to be heard. Those who are so determined to get back to normal that they'd ignore everything. Even Thomas, who was supposed to have doubted, simply wanted to know what the others knew. We will weather this storm because we have faith, because we have each other, because we have God, because we have a Savior who is with us, who understands us, who knows our pain, who knows our loneliness, who knows our worries, who listens to our fears, who comforts the afflicted, who cares. He cares. I don't know that we will ever get back to normal again. We will get back to normal everyday life, but I don't know that normal will look the same. Just as normal never looked the same again for the disciples. This is most certainly not the same magnitude, but you know what I mean. Their lives were never the same again. Our lives may never be the same again. But we have a constant. We have Christ, the solid rock that we anchor ourselves to. We have the sure footing to weather any storm, because we are anchored in faith. We are anchored in a belief beyond belief, a hope beyond hope, a life beyond death, a promise that our Heavenly Father watches over us, that the Holy Spirit will guide us, that Christ is with us. Because Christ is risen and Christ is with us, today. That we know of the crucifixion and we know of the resurrection. And that gives me the strength to get by. Even if it is just for today. Then I will trust Christ day by day. Because my experience with God is that God isn't giving up on us. My experience is that God never 
gives up on us. Christ never gives up on us. The Spirit never gives up on us. So stand firm and stand strong, and day by day, we will get through. Amen.